This is part two of a two-part podcast. Hi, my name is Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash paulwheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash paulwheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Is that the, oh, there's there's one more. Here's one. More. And this was just uh, yeah, this is just to show another angle we have. Um, this was on the right hand side. You can kind of see those vines climbing. What it was a stump. So okay. that was a big old oak tree that cast a lot of shade all over the house and over this area. Um, and then beyond that, we just have this angle. So I you know I want to figure out something interesting to do with it to hold the hill. Um, I was going to you know spread like a green cover crop sort of mix to see if I could try to build up the soil that way, but. Um, something that's maybe not huge cost but holds the hill, you know. But yeah, it's more ornamental in this space. You know, I, I don't see myself growing anything edible in this space just because I can already tell that they're. I think that to build the house, they brought, brought a dozer in and kind of pushed the hill in and filled. You know, because when I was first digging up some spots in the yard, our topsoil is. Uh, my, my neighbor jokes called Worcester loam. I mean Worcester, Worcester loam, which is essentially like you know two inches of some of like something that resembles soil, and then like four inches of like old asphalt from the 60s. <laughs> so I don't want to grow in the ground very much at all. Ugh. Right. Okay. So that's why this area, I kind of just want to do what I can to rehabilitate it, but presume it's basically just like a gross urban site. So I wouldn't want to grow anything here that I would want to eat. Okay. Fun, yeah, right? that kind of makes me feel sad and stuff, you know. It's like, yeah. Uh, all right, all right. Well, uh, I mean, a lot. There's there's branches of permaculture where people are like, oh, let me take a site where it's been poisoned so thoroughly that nothing will grow, and I'm going to get stuff to grow there, and then I'm going to grow food there. And I'm kind of thinking like, what? Why would you want it? do that <laughs> and uh and and granted it is kind of an earth repair that they're doing but i i kind of feel a little bit like you know i'd rather start with land that's relatively untouched and um and then do magnificent things with that than than you know the path that they're suggesting. So here you've got something that's really... I mean, the good news is is that, yeah, you've got some ivy growing on that stump. I can see some broadleaf stuff growing in here, and I'm kind of thinking, well, that's a good sign. That, that kind of shows that there's not some sort of persistent herbicide that was sprayed here. What what kind of tree is this one here? That is an oak that um, we had to trim some limbs off of. It is actually living, but it has that, that leaner to the left that you probably see that we are going to take out. So that one is kind of making it look more dead than it is. And then the re- one of the reasons we had to we remove some of the pines is you can probably see some dead material up in, in that tree. Um, so we had a lot of bittersweet, like very thick, like thicker, thick as your leg kind of pines. So clearly no one had sort of taken care of that part of the property for a while. Okay. Uh, well, taking care, relatively speaking, but they hadn't really, they let the vines kill the trees, basically. Right, right. It, it needed... Uh, it needed some gardener love in there. Okay. Uh, which way is south? 
Like which way? Um, so you would be you if you would be south facing north from this. So this is actually like the southeast angle of the house. So this is where we get the most sun. Okay. All right. So the sun's kind of at my back. Exactly. Um, it'd, be on your, it'd be on your neck. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, all right. All right. Good. Because I see all those trees in the back, and I'm thinking like, uh-oh, I hope that's not south. But all right. Great. So we're, we've opened this up, so we're getting lots of sun now, and now, and now we can start uh, growing lots of things. Uh, rocks. I see lots of rocks. Love these rocks. Oh, good. Rocks, rocks, rocks. Rocks are nice and super organic and stuff. Um, we are wealthy in rocks, thankfully, so I've been trying to put them to good use as much as possible. Yeah, this looks like a very good use for the rocks, where they are right now. Uh, I see the wood chips here. I see you've got a few plants kind of getting started in there. Um, I, I kind of would want to grow a bunch of stuff here that's going to hold this uh, bank up a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and so... I mean, you know, trees. But you're you're kind of saying like, oh, I don't want to for this. I don't want to grow anything, and then I'm going to eat. So it's going to all be ornamental, and that, and that makes you know. So I'm not sure what to suggest. Well, what would you put in there then? Because I don't I don't necessarily think. I mean, because at the same time, um, you know, something that produces fruit doesn't necessarily mean that I have to consume it. You know, we could be one of my pollinators, right? Or maybe something that helps something else in the yard further away. Um, okay. What do you prefer for holding hills, or what maybe establishes quickly in your experience? I know we're in different contexts, of course. Well, yeah, I mean, um, like with our hugel cultures, which are very steep, I want them to keep that very steep shape. And I started off with different kinds of uh, brush and a couple of trees and a lot of grasses. And uh, with the idea that I'm going to grow... Um, a lot of uh, uh, nitrogen fixers in there, too. The grasses are going to really groove on those nitrogen fixers, and they're going to put up these super webby roots. And, and a lot of and, and we, we're trying to grow more and more. Each year we have more grain to grow, more of the sepulcher grain. has these massive, massive roots. <clears throat> and uh, so put a lot of organic matter in. But I'm not sure that's what you want here. And at the same time, it's like, okay, so this is the southern side. We don't want anything to get too terribly tall and start shading everything else where you might grow your foodie bits. Although, like, okay, here's your front yard. I mean, has that also got this this soil that's full of gross stuff? It's unclear because um, it's the front and up the back. Um, so it's possible that it doesn't. Um, the, I, that's actually the shortest. I usually leave the grass. Um, usually I leave it a lot taller. Um, and I just kind of let it go, and um, it seems pretty happy. So the roots seem to go fairly deep. I don't know if that doesn't really answer your question, but I haven't dug it up. I will say that when we put those, those are just some lilac bushes, you know, just some, some some pretty things. Uh, and so those those in in the wood chips, we did have to dig that area up, and we didn't find the same material. Like it looked like just the soil that was here. Um, all right, all right. Didn't look like fill. Okay. <clears throat> um, all right. I'm I'm gonna pretend that I am stuck on this property. I cannot get away. I have to make do with what I got. I would say that the first thing I want to do is, like, I, I, I just got the no. So I, I think I would try and find um, some place that could test soils for certain kinds of toxins, specifically what your neighbor is warning you about. 
mm-hmm. and find out if it's for reals or not. I just, I would just have to know. I, I would drive mm-hmm. me crazy. I just, yeah, soil test makes a lot of sense. I think that it is the next logical step. But I mean, um, like, there's a soil test to find out, like, what kind of nutrients you put in the soil for whatever. No, but specifically oh. the toxins. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, and I'm not sure, but it's like, if this is a common problem in your area, there's probably, like, like there's going to be people in your area that are going to know about, like, oh, yeah, that. Uh, test for that to see if you got hit with that. Here's the lab you got to go to. And so... Mm-hmm. I'd say I would just need, I would desperately need to know that. So let's say we're, let's say that's the case. That's what we have to deal with. Um, oh, man. Trying to grow food on any of this kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. I mean, I would kind of want to try and do all the things that people do to kind of heal the earth uh, in a permaculture fashion to kind of, you know, draw the toxins out. But I kind of feel like the first thing is probably going to be to um, to maybe even just dig a lot of it out and haul it away. And then the next step would be to go and find um, a place where the soil is uh, uh, good. It's, it, it's like packed full of weeds and the weeds are just giant, then, um, uh, and, and even if it's got the weeds you hate the most, then still better than, than the toxins in the soil. Um, and then there's a couple of different ways of like, okay, now I'm going to bring in a dozen dump truck loads of that and, and put it in different spots so that I can start to grow things that are going to um, be less toxic. So it's like take, you know, maybe take a dozen dump truck loads away and bring a dozen new dump truck loads in, maybe even more than that. Then it's okay. Now, uh, this is this is so painful for me. But um, now let's say the soil is all fine. Okay. Uh, See where that one fence is that you got right there? Yeah, that sort of sad little bordered fence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. I can't quite see what all's going there, but I do know that what I want to do is I want to put in hugel cultures. But then again, that's that's kind of like uh, uh, a lot of people believe I'm a little too obsessed with hugel culture, and and it's like so it's, you know your call, but. If it's me and I'm there, that's what I do. Now, one of the things I want to do is like, okay, here's this window right here on the house. I'm going to pretend that happy people sit inside that house and think happy thoughts, and they look at this window to see happy things. In which case, that means that I'm going to I'm going to turn on this uh, feature that we have inside of here, and. Um, where I can I can draw, and so um, I'm going to I'm going to make. Can you see my little purple line there? Can yes. All right, so I'm going to make this hookah culture, which is going to be seven feet tall and uh, steep. It has really steep sides, and and then uh, it's going to kind of you know come down over here 
and and so you've got this big old blob up off the ground made from the soil that's amazing from somewhere else. And then uh, I want to make another one right here. And this is also seven feet tall. And and then it's um, and there's another one that's seven feet tall. And it's going to kind of come down like this a little bit. No. So these big hugel cultures. And then there's going to be uh, another one here. Like that. So the thing is, is that out of these hugel cultures is going to start to be all this jungle that's going to grow out of them because the soil's deep, the soil's awesome, and full of great happiness. That's your favorite place to garden. And, and you park your rig here, and you walk through the hugel cultures all the time, and you look at your gardens, and you sit in the front room over there, and you look out to see this jungle. And you see more jungle this way than if the hugel culture was going a different way. Plus, we're taking advantage of your slope. If there's any cold air pooling up near that window for whatever reason, it's going to drain away to where this little bit of gravel is. All right. So that's that's part of what I would do after the, the soil thing is fixed. And then my primary gardens would probably be here in these hugel cultures. That All right, makes sense. Okay, I hadn't considered that. I, I, I like the angles. That's, I just I hadn't considered that whatsoever. Yeah, I think an important thing with hugel cultures. I mean, if I had more real estate here, I would make more interesting hugel culture shapes. But you do need a lot of space between each hugel culture, um, in order because you think like, oh, I only need like a two and a half foot wide path, but it's like, no, no, no. You need paths that are a good six to eight feet because the stuff on the hugel culture is going to grow out and leave you with very little space. <clears throat> but I think a cool thing is is that when you look out that window to, to you know, appreciate the jungle, the permaculture jungle you've made. Okay. Is that our last picture in here? I think it's this. I think that's the very last one. What if I... I could, this and will it let me scroll now? No, it's still. Uh, how do I turn that off? There we go. It is the end. Finn, scroll again. Yeah. All right. Now I I haven't um, read all the text bits. You know, it's actually okay because we've covered, I think, the majority of what, you know, what I had planned to sort of speak through, and I think kind of it, it organically kind of happened. Um, All right. Is yeah, this, this your is property or is this like... It is. Yeah, so this is just down down um, at a lower elevation than actually that fence, but that's the garden fence from earlier. And, yeah, this this is where a lot of the bittersweet was growing out up, up out of before. And then we trimmed it back this year, kind of kind of cut it all down down to the the base, so it'll definitely grow back again. All right, okay, all right. So this is kind of off to the north, and um, it 
you, it, because the trees are big, you kind of get the impression that the guy with the cars hasn't been, you know, drooling oil out here. Mm-hmm. And and if there is something that was buried here a hundred years ago, that some sort of toxic gig, um, the trees have the, the trees and the general soil breakdown, things like that, may have mitigated that quite a lot. Um, and the fact that um, these uh, vines and trees are doing so good right here is a strong indicator that this soil is good. This might be a, a lovely place to do a, a, a little more uh, gardening of sorts or uh, to, to put in some more hugelkultur. Now, I imagine that we're kind of like looking like this is probably the northeast side of the property. Is that about right? Yeah, that is right. Okay. All right. Um, and we're a little lower. And so um, we're kind of like a little downhill of the sun. Mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, again, I want to I want to do everything in Google culture. I want to add texture to the landscape. I mean, if you if you take this and you put in these great big tall Google culture beds, you kind of double or triple the amount of plant, plantable area that you have on your just shy of one acre. So you're just shy of one acre. You kind of end up with an acre and a half of uh, uh, growable soil by adding massive texture to the landscape. Okay. Yeah, I like that. that. I think that makes sense. All right. It's basically the left of this, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So now this picture, we're probably looking quite south. Is that right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't know how much of these trees are your trees. Actually, those are all neighbor's trees, unfortunately. We took out most of what we had on our border here. So just a couple of those tall oaks that are on the left. Okay. All right. So you've kind of taken out the trees that you're mostly like. There, there might be a couple more trees you could take out, but, um, yeah, there's probably probably most of this you cannot touch. Is that true? That's true, yeah. Okay. I would... I would uh, take a lawn chair out and I would put it in front of these trees and I'd, I'd face the trees and I think I'd spend a couple of hours scratching my chin trying to think of like what might be my strategy to talk to my neighbor. Are you, like, do you talk to your neighbor there? I don't know. I do see him occasionally and I, I, I think he'd be open in over time to doing something about them because he just basically uses that property to have a shed and keep his boats. He doesn't really use it right now. Ah, okay. Okay. So this could be something where uh, I don't know, perhaps I'm going to pretend for a moment that you, sir, are a magnificent chef and pie is your specialty and you've made this magnificent pie that meets your region like if you're in montana it would be a huckleberry pie and and that's like and, and you could take the pie over to your neighbor and say yes i'm trying to soften you up because i have a request and uh and uh, i you know you might i'm 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 totally cool with you saying no you still get to keep the pie <laughs> so it's like uh uh but i just i'm, I'm kind of doing a little gardening here I'd like to get a little bit more sun on my gardens. And, uh, you know, what can I do 
to get it so I can get more sun in my gardens and bring you more happy, happy, joy, joy. Um, something on that path. Cause I, I would want, I personally, if I'm, if I'm stuck here, I have to be here and I want to, I want to grow more than, um, then yeah, I want to get more light on my growies. And, and plus a lot of those trees look like they're conifers. And uh, exactly. that's, that's gonna that's gonna be setting me back on my plans. And so it's like uh, if you wanna keep those trees and get them to grow big and tall, it's on your property. Uh, nothing I can do. But I thought I would ask, and in the hopes of uh, there might be something I can do uh, for you uh, in exchange or something like that, so I can get more light on my gardens. Okay, so that would so be a thing. Um, and then again, you know, I can see some slope going where here's the uphill and here's the downhill. So I'd want to make a nice long culture over here, assuming, of course, that there was more light to work with. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Here's another picture of the same thing, slightly different angle. Yeah. And there's all your growies inside. Is this a tomato right here? Yep, those are mostly tomatoes in there. Okay, I would I would like to suggest that uh, when you grow your tomatoes, that uh, that you uh, mix in a lot of other things. Um, so uh, consider guilds and polycultures. Uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, companion planting these kinds of things. So that way, your plants will be even happier. Uh, if they're growing next to, like their their roots are mingling with the roots of certain other plants, then uh, they do they do even better. We're gonna try a different guild next year. This year, I guess what we tried was the tomatoes were on the end of each row, and then the middle were basil and um, either cilantro or parsley. Um, but cilantro bolted really quickly. It's definitely too sunny in that spot for it. So we'll try something different for sure. Um, but yeah, I think I think also just less tomato, more diversity. I agree. Okay. All right. All right. And of course, I'd like to see everything up on hugel culture beds rather than because this is all pretty flat. It looks like you've got. It's a little bit raised. It's raised like about seven inches or so. Um, we could raise it more. Yeah, it has like this. Uh, is this clay in here? Is that what I'm seeing? Very clay. Yeah, it's very just clayish. So that's why we're trying to see if we can, you know, my my, my what I was thinking to do is um, try to spread some of the like a green cover crop mix and see how that grows up and then kind of chop and drop and over time till it in but that will take time of course i don't know if that's right. a good way to try to go about it or not yeah because right now and, I, and normally when somebody says till it in i i say oh every time you till you lose 30 percent of your organic matter mm -hmm. but the, the looking at the image it's like oh yeah there's not really any organic matter in that right now <laughs> you're not going to you know, if you, losing 30% of nothing is nothing, and exactly. tillin is going to help. But if it's a lot of clay, this is, again, where hugelkultur really helps because uh, clay tends to puddle easily, and then your growies tend to drown. Now, you've got slope, which helps prevent the drowning, but that also means that when you do get moisture, it all just kind of runs off. And so uh, hugelkultur is great in that, um, you'll get good drainage, um, which is something 
that when you have clay soils, it's like, boy, I, I want a way to have better drainage kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, all right. You get much, it looks like you probably don't get much in the way of wind there, but Massachusetts. You'd be surprised, actually. We get, we're on the top of a hill where we are, so wind is a factor to think, consider. Um, Especially in some of, like, if we have a storm or something, we definitely get it. Because I think we're at a fairly tall point on that hill, um, and we go down to a lake. And so I think it just, the wind sort of goes down to that lake and swoops through our property. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I think that the trees are going to slow down a lot of your wind. And, of course, we're talking about taking some of those trees down to get more light in. Mm-hmm. But with seven-foot-tall cultures, they're going to make it so that the stuff at the top is going to get hit with the full force of the wind, but the stuff between the culture beds, um, depending on things, you know, the direction of the wind, a lot of people will say, like, oh, you want to make your cultures perpendicular to the normal direction of the wind, but my experience is, is that wind changes direction a lot, and and that's like, but you don't, you don't have enough space to kind of get interlocking culture beds so that no matter... Because you can do interlocking where the shapes are kind of curved and they kind of curve into each other, then uh, no matter what direction the wind blows, it can't get down between the culture beds. Um, but uh, if you but you don't have enough space there, so, so they'll be kind of straight. But that means that if the wind hits this straight direction, then it'll get down in there. But you're going to be like placing it in such a way that to go up to the house. Because you're going to want your hugel cultures run uphill and downhill, generally. And so um, I think that the house is going to help with if the wind happens to get between there. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, but if you can get the wind to stop, then um, because you're in a cold climate, so if you can get the wind to stop, then that's going to make the stuff between the beds uh, have be able to hold more moisture and uh, stay warmer because because wind will cool and dry and oftentimes uh, as gardeners uh, in a cold climate we need things to be a little bit warmer and uh, um, and the summers around in, in our temperate zones tend to be pretty dry and so uh, we we would like to have something that can hold moisture a little bit better. Um, how much, it looks like you get a, quite a bit of rain there. I'm going to guess that you're getting 28 inches of rain. Evan? I was on mute. My apologies. Uh, yeah, that sounds accurate. Um, I haven't actually checked to see what Worcester gets, but that sounds pretty darn close. That would be a good thing to, to look into, but mm-hmm. I'm just guessing based upon the kinds of soils that I'm seeing and the kinds of things that are growing there in areas that where people probably aren't caring for them so um i'm gonna that's that's my guess you probably get um more moisture than i get uh you know an okay amount of moisture pretty decent amount of moisture um but i'll bet your summers are still pretty dry like you'll go two months without a drop of rain yeah like this year is pretty brutal we did have to actually uh, bring in some water you know actually water but we try not to okay all right all right all right all right. I, I have looked at your pictures. 
Yes, this has been this has been very helpful and only moderately scary. I think your points are very well taken and 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 um, and I think they're they're very they're very you know relevant. You know, I think the commercial compost is definitely something I want to do some more due diligence on and see what we should do about that. Obviously, the wood chips point very much taken. And then I'm really, yeah, now I'm thinking about the different angles for these, these, you know, my elevations here and seeing how I can use and potentially put some boo bits in there. I think especially with that, uh, maybe it was the first photo, I forget, but the uh, one with the steepest angle, I think that there's definitely something that could do there. Yeah, this one. I think this that's, one. Okay. that'll be my next my next plan, I think. I really like that idea. Um, <clears throat> okay. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, you want to get some more sun in there, and uh, I think bribing your neighbor in, in the uh, with hat in hand is your best bet. Um, and that doesn't sound like you're crying, so I didn't make you cry. <laughs> no, not not no. Still, still, not even light sob. I think that it was, it was, this is great. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right, cool, cool. No, I appreciate it. Now, I, uh, uh, what I've done so far is just look at pictures and bitch about whatever I saw, and mm-hmm. so. Now is the moment where you can just, like, maybe you had a question you needed to have answered, and that's why, that's, that's, so maybe now you've got a, a question or two for me. Well, it's funny, because the only other thing that we didn't cover, you sort of in a roundabout gave me an answer to, because I was going to ask about rain catchment with that garage, but... Given our conversations about materials and off-gassing, I don't think I want to do rain catching off that garage. We were so the thing is we were going to put a new tin roof on it, um, or you know aluminum roof, and, and maybe if we do that, I would consider it. But yeah. I guess yeah, my question would be you know size-wise, is it worth it? Also, just materials—is it still too sketchy? Um, okay. That would be the only other thing I—I I, I don't think we covered. Other than that, I think we covered most of what I was going to ask about. I—I I think that there's a lot to be said for for water catchment, but I kind of feel like people do water catchment for the wrong reasons. But here's another thing too: is it's like let's say, because um, like, first of all, you're on city water, which is chlorinated, right? Right, yeah, we we have to run. We just run some RV filters, which is not perfect, but it does something. Um, but yeah, we're on city water, so we try to either filter or we try to leave it out to dechlorinate it. And we have a couple strategies, but they're they're not perfect. Okay. Now I remember hearing decades ago that the east and and so you sir are in what I call the east, um, mm-hmm. and and I understand that, like people say in the east they say the west and they're talking about like Ohio, which is way east of me <laughs> it's like is that still in the eastern time zone so anyway uh, uh so i've heard of acid rain is that still a thing it's funny you bring that up because i was just talking with someone recently about that we don't believe it is but we i, I actually want to do some research on it um okay. i think that that was a thing i don't want to say it passed, it's not common to my knowledge now. okay but where you are the I mean, like, I've been to Seattle, and when I drive into Seattle, I see the big brown cloud, and and Seattle's famous for rain. I've been to Denver. Oh, man, that's a brown cloud. Oh, wow. That's probably one of the scariest brown clouds I've seen. So I imagine the whole East Coast is one giant brown cloud because it's the population over there is so much denser. Um and that means that when it rains, the brown cloud gets washed into your everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, so I, 
I'm, I'm finding this lot. So I've got, I've got concerns about that. And of course, but at the same time, you're going to grow a garden and, and it's like, this is where you have to work with. Part of me kind of thinks like, okay, if you do water catchment, then yeah, there's ways you can kind of clean it a little bit. Um, and, uh, and some of those ways are kind of fun and cool and very gardener-esque. Uh, and that's a whole other podcast. But um, I'm, I'm mostly kind of thinking about, like, man, it's a lot of work to irrigate your growth. Now, when you plant culture, you, you, you've got to water it the first year. So, like, if you've got that soil, like we're looking at on your property where it's like, that's not soil. That's a bunch of clay or dirt or something. I mean, that doesn't have any organic matter in it. That's that's just kind of scary looking. And so it's kind of like, all right, so here's what we got to do. We're going to build a hugel culture, and then we got to build the soil in the hugel culture. And in order to do that, we are going to need some water for the first two years. Um the next thing is, is that sometimes you plant stuff in the middle of summer and you got to go over there with a watering can and give it a little shot of water. I know that when I lived in the city in Missoula, that I had a couple of barrels and I would fill them up with the city water and then let them sit for 24 hours before using the water on my garden just to get the chlorine out. Um, yeah, that's essentially what we do today. Yeah. Um, all right, so then, like, if you did, because a lot of people, it's like, I'm going to do water catchment, and I'm going to have this giant tank that's going to hold all this water, and then I'm going to use the water from the giant tank for all my irrigation needs. <clears throat> and what I'm kind of thinking is, is that I prefer a path where, like, let's design our garden so that we don't have to irrigate anymore. They'll need that irrigation for the first year or two, and then they won't need any irrigation after that. That's That, I think, is the design. That's the thing to shoot for. Um, is So the water that you get to your home is chlorinated. Is it really expensive? Uh, it's not terribly expensive. It's not um, so. It's, it's relatively affordable. It's been this is our first year, like kind of running it for the garden when we needed to in the in the off season. So we'll we'll see. But generally speaking, now it's 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 fairly affordable. So okay. we're not going broke watering the garden. Okay. All right. All right. Thankfully, it. I I kind of feel like um, like let's say you put a new roof on, and then of course the water that's going to fall from the sky is going to have some toxic kick to it, but. Um, what if you had like uh, um, you got the you got the water uh, from the roof and then you ran it through some sand filters or maybe even a little bit of uh, some uh, gray water system reeds or something like that and then what popped out the other side was much 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 cleaner and then you put that on your plants. I don't know. That'd be that'd be kind of cool. It'd be. I mean, it's kind of like. It's it's kind of like uh, uh, when you, when you have a hammer, every problem's a nail, and it's so kind of like that. But when you're a gardener, every the solution to everything is uh, plants, and and I like the idea of like okay, here comes some water. It's toxic, not a, not a problem. I've got I can grow some plants to clean that up. You know, I I really like this approach. Like I'm going to work with the biology that's on my property. To, get this to be like way better 
I like that idea. And, and what I sort of thought about is on the back side of that garage that had the Bobcat Park in front of it, there is some space. And so my thinking was capturing all the water to some situation that gets routed to the back of the garage because then um, it's hard to sort of see, but on the left side of that, if it was dug out a little more, you could probably access it. And my thinking was, you know, could I set something up back there that filters and maybe stores the water? Or, you know, because I had you at the machine, maybe it's just like those IVC totes that, you know, we used to have pallet forks. Right. Um, oh, see, there, there you get into the whole part where I start kind of cringing in eight different ways because I kind of think to myself, like, all right, water storage. Yeah, I know. I prefer not to store it. So it's kind of like, oh, crap. So you're going to store it in plastic. You're going right. to store it in Ugh. cement. What else you got? And, uh, and, yeah, I mean, we can store it in a big steel tank, which will rust. It's like, uh We can store it in a big stainless steel tank, which will only cost, like, you know, $5,000. And it's like everything kind of sucks in this department, you know, for water storage, which kind of comes back to the whole thing of, like, let's grow things in such a way that we don't have to bring water to it. And and so, you know, minimize the amount of plastic in our lives, minimize the amount of cement in our lives kind of a thing. Ugh. Oh, ugh. So you did answer my question. No, I think that that's actually very good advice because essentially my takeaway here is, is um, you know, really to be focusing more on my design of the spaces that I do have with, with sun and that I do have maybe not as nightmarish soil uh, and to build up some hookah beds. You know, I do believe I could probably find a source nearby of some reasonable material, like organic material that's not um, that's worth bringing in. So I think now it'll be a matter of me figuring out kind of um, – Maybe a plan there, and then looking into Google beds for for certain, you know, seeing how they fit into our space. Well, the other thing is, is, is some of this wood here. I mean, that that vine that you're chopping out that's driving you crazy, you know, put it into your Google beds, and then it, some of it might try to grow out, and then just throw you know six inches of mulch on top of it so it it can't get through that. And uh, but you know part of it is too is like when you get a brand new hugelbed going and it's got a bunch of weedy things in it, then um, the first year it's like you want to get anything to grow in it and do great because it's going to make lots of roots in there. And then and then like the stuff that you don't want, it's like I start off with a lot of grasses my first year, um, and then by the third year it's like no more grasses. If you're a grass, you're in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. You know, and so all the grasses come out. And then, you know, now I'm putting in a lot more food crops. Um, so it's it's kind of like same thing could go for those vines. But you've got a lot of trees there. And then I would imagine that I'm not seeing brush because you took the brush out. And it's like, well, where did all that brush go? Well, rather than running it through your chipper, if I want to put it inside of my hookah, first of all, if, I, if, if the pieces are like, finger size or smaller, I'm kind of thinking that's going to make some great mulch on my culture bed. And if they're bigger than that, then it's like, I'm going to take the loppers to that, and that's going to be great for the inside of my culture bed. Of course, if they're big enough, I start thinking about running stuff through the sawmill or um, uh, possibly 
bucking it up for firewood for a rocket mass heater, which mm-hmm. I imagine you do not have. <laughs> I don't have, but I'm very interested. I do have, um, I did support that Kickstarter, so I've got plenty of videos to watch, or I have actually watched a bunch of them. So that's actually a plan for the other uh, property that we have. So I do love that idea. Yeah. Excellent. 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 And and the message I want to send to everybody who's like, because you're, because of course this property is well within some city limits. Is that right? Exactly. It yeah. is. Yes. And and they would probably frown on a rocket mass heater. They might have building codes. A lot of, I'm hearing that a lot of uh, building codes regulators now have rocket mass heaters in their building codes. Um, I'm hearing more and more reports every day. It I'll sounds look into that. And a lot of insurance companies also love rocket mass heaters. So there's there's that also. But for those places where you're missing one of those components, then, of course, you've got to do the exact same thing that everybody did with marijuana. And that is that nobody, not a soul, used any marijuana at all until the government said it was okay. So we've got to do the same thing. Just you just wait and they'll come around. You just don't don't be doing that. Don't be don't be making a rocket mass heater where it's not okay yet. You know? Just because just because it saves you thousands of dollars and solves global warming, that's no excuse. You gotta wait until so it's okay. Just like what we did with marijuana. Yeah, that. Nobody, nobody touched the marijuana until the until magically they did. Okay. Yeah. And then suddenly everyone was really good at growing it. Weird. Yeah, like that. <laughs> and, and really good at making these heaters. How did that happen? Yeah, yeah. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> so, um, all right, Evan, do you have any other questions for me? Uh, Paul, this has been great, and I and I really appreciate your time. This has been a really helpful conversation. Um, even the even even the parts where you're giving me uh, the relative, you know, air quotes bad news. Uh, it's it's, a, it's stuff, good stuff that I needed to hear. So, um, this has been great. Thank you. Well, good, good, and and remember, you 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 don't have to be perfect. Um, mm-hmm. And I I think the thing to do is is each year you're going to find a few things where you might. You know, do a little bit better, and then 10 years from now, you'll be amazed at how far you've come. Definitely. All right. If you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com, where we talk about site evaluations, homesteading, and permaculture all the time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts.